Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. I'd like to be able to. Anyway, I'm my mind's going blank now. How often have I said out with the old and with the new? I stand alone here saying at WABC, goodbye, bye, Trump. You're you're a liar. Goodbye, bye, bye, Biden. You're a double, triple liar. And now you're just as guilty as the guy that had the DOJ FBI raid launched on his home in Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump, of having uh, documents that you should not have had possession of, government documents, top-secret documents. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, I was a never-Trumper. I was a rhino pretty much at the time that they created that term. I never supported Trump. I voted independent. I didn't vote for Hillary. I didn't vote for Biden. I said to you, I do not trust Donald Trump, and I do not trust Joe Biden. And I think we have more than enough documentary evidence now to suggest to all of you out there that it's time to flush out the old and bring in the new. There's plenty of talent on both benches for both the Republicans and Democrats to run a spirited primary amongst their adversaries, come up with a candidate, and then have a run for the presidency that is not going to be tainted by uh, the election of 2020 and a redo. And the fact that both these guys were taking documents, top secret documents, that they weren't entitled to. And then the whole question of the documents, right? I think probably the only former president who didn't take documents was Jimmy Carter. Because remember, Jimmy Carter, one of our worst presidents, but an honest guy, who actually said in a Playboy interview, it is a sin to even think about having sex outside of marriage. As the first evangelical president of the United States, a hardcore Southern Baptist. But let's go back uh, to the audio tape and listen to the sanctimonious hypocrite that Joe Biden is, continues to be, along with so many of those who were involved in the body politic. He said to 60 Minutes back in uh, August of 2021, what a disgrace, what a shanda that Trump would have had those top secret documents in his home in Mar-a-Lago. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? 
looking at that image. How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. <laughs> uh, that's why people don't trust any politicians. You've heard the lead-in to all the different shows uh, here at WABC when I tell you that I trust no politicians. I really don't. I know they lie, and it's a degree in how much they lie. And we know they steal. It's a question of how much they steal. That's the prevailing point of view that people have out on the streets. They have no faith in the body politic. And certainly this gives more fuel to that argument because, number one, we see that before the midterm elections, the documents uh, of Joe Biden, top secret at the time vice president, were found in his office at the University of Pennsylvania where he got a sweetheart deal where he earned $900,000 apparently for eight to nine appearances, but he had an office there. Uh, So all of a sudden, these documents surfaced by his lawyers, and you know damn well why. Because there was somebody out there in the fourth estate. We always malign the fourth estate. Oh, fake news, fake news. No, they're not fake news. Because they're digging, they're digging, they're digging. They're going pearl diving. And you know why they started to release this information now? Because they know that some intrepid reporter or reporters were on the case that heard information that the Biden administration uh, had these documents uh, in his former vice presidential office uh, when he was in transition uh, from uh, being vice president in the United States to becoming a candidate in the Democratic primary to take on President Donald Trump. That's that's strike one. Strike two is they turned in more documents after doing a complete search of the, uh, I guess it was Joe Biden's beach house in uh, Delaware, in which they found more top secret uh, documents, apparently in the garage next to his Corvette. And so immediately they had to give uh, President Joe Biden an infusion of amphetamines or Adderall and read wheel them out to the press corps this morning and have them read. Have them read off a piece of paper. They told him, do not go unscripted. Just read off the piece of paper to try to give an explanation why it's do as I say, but not as I do. Here we go. Strike two, Joe Biden. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, my personal library. <laughs> and then he went on to say, hey, the documents were safe. It was in my garage. With my Corvette. Hey, Jay Leno, uh, could you speak to that? I need a witness. Remember that Marvin Gaye song? I need a witness. I need a witness. Jay Leno, uh, could you speak to that? Oh, my God. And now they're going to wheel out. Uh, they're going to wheel out the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, at approximately 1.15. That'll be right in the middle, the start of Greg Kelly's show, in which he will speak Potentially about an appointment of a special counsel to investigate Biden's documents matter. (laughs) Why don't you just cancel both out? Is this really a serious issue in the United States when we've seen before that so many documents that have been labeled top secret 
and were mined away for 50 or more years, turned out not to be top secret at all. I mean, let's face it, the federal bureaucracy, they stamp everything top secret. Why don't we just call this a wash, right? What do you think, Lou? What do you think, uh, Mastoni and Phil? It's a wash. No investigation of Trump's possession of top secret documents and no investigation of Biden's possession of top secret documents. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. We know they're probably all presidents. Probably only Jimmy Carter didn't do that because, if anything, he was a bad president, but he appeared to be quite the honest guy. So that's number one. Number two, a man who wants to be president of the United States desperately, a man who was elevated in the Democratic primary before uh, Joe Biden jumped in to steal everybody's thunder in South Carolina was Mayor Pete of South Bend. Remember the story? He was a progressive. He was a liberal. He could speak, what, nine languages, including Norwegian. He was a gay man in a gay marriage. Uh, He had, I mean, he had the complete resume that liberal progressives uh, wanted, except he was not black-friendly. You remember in his own town of South Bend, Indiana, Uh, African-Americans were not at all pleased uh, with Mayor Pete because they said he ignored their issues. But don't let that get in the way of a good narrative. So all of a sudden, as Joe Biden was elected, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he was lawfully elected president of the United States, along with Giggles, (laughs) Vice President Harris as vice president. He was appointed to be uh, uh, in charge, Secretary of Transportation. And we've seen him do a miserable job, unprepared, no background, no qualifications in that field. He didn't even take crib notes uh, when we were having all kinds of supply issues as the ships were backed up belly to belly to the ports of uh, Seattle, the ports of San Francisco, Oakland, the ports of Los Angeles. He was uh, he was at home, you know, tending to his new baby. He was on, oh, my God, he was not available. And and this FAA disaster where all of a sudden the computer system went down, all of a sudden was he, he was asked uh, as he was missing in action, because remember, uh, he took a government jet to New York City to do an interview with who, Macedonian Phil? Not with uh, our own Sid Rosenberg. No, 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 no. With Charlemagne the God. By the way, uh, Sid, if you're listening or any of the Sid Sickle fans are listening, would you remind him that uh, Charlemagne the God is the number one go-to show for Eric Adams' swagger man with no plan? He knows. He knows he's got this cracker, Sid Rosenberg. We'll deal with that in the Sid rap uh, later on in this hour. But his, his preferred uh, morning program is Charlemagne the God. Look, here was Boudicier. Flies in on a government jet in order to do Charlemagne the God show. Meantime, there's Michigash going on, and then a valid question from the Fourth Estate. I know all of you like to beat up the Fourth Estate. It's fake news, fake news, fake news. It's not. The question to Buttigieg was the following. It's a potentiality that the system that went completely down from coast to coast of the FAA was hacked. Mr. Secretary, we've seen, though, domestic attacks on other aspects of our critical infrastructure, the power substations, of course. Are we absolutely positive this was not the result of any nefarious activity, either domestic or foreign? 
We're not prepared to rule that out. There hasn't been any indication of that. Uh, FBI has spoken to this, and uh, of course, FAA is looking uh, closely at that as well as they work to see exactly what was going on inside the files that were in this system leading to this irregularity. So again, what I would say is there is no direct indication of any kind of external or nefarious activity, but we're not yet prepared to rule that out. Oh, he speaks so well. Right. The words just drip from Boudicier's lips. But in reality, who had motive here? Imagine, here you're Vladimir Putin. You're seeing that the United States is backing up your enemy, Zelensky, giving him almost everything he asked for and desires. His recent appearance before uh, both the House and the Senate, uh, him being cheered on the Biden administration, pretty much saying, whatever you want, Zelensky, you will get. And then all of a sudden, Putin and his generals and his own Secret Service, his KGB agency that the United States announces publicly that they are going to provide to the Ukraine Patriot missiles, the most valuable uh, defensive system that we have, an offensive system, the Patriot missile system to the Ukrainians so that they can continue their war against uh, Russia. And that, in fact, we're going to bring Ukrainian soldiers and engineers to the United States to train them in the intricacies of the Patriot missile battery system. Now, if you're uh, Putin, his generals in the KGB, they're saying, oh, my God, they're going to have the Patriot battery missile system This is not good. This is an escalation of the United States' involvement. You know, NATO, they they give little bits and pieces, little tchotchkes. See, little tchotchkes there, some tanks, some Amtrak. This is a major escalation. So why wouldn't Putin, through his KGB and all of the hackers that exist in uh, Russia and all the criminal enterprises that they deal with all over the globe, Why wouldn't they, maybe even along with the Iranians and the Syrians, who are some of the best at this, crack the FAA's computer system, hack it, and cause a complete shutdown? It would suggest to me that that is probably what transpired. And if you were Putin, it's a signal to the United States that where we did that, there are other things we can do to you. We can shut down a grid system. We can shut down a nuclear power plant, we can shut down electrical power plants, we can shut down telephone systems, we have the capacity to hack into the United States system for its day-to-day existence. They have that op- They have that ability, the Red Chinese have that ability, we have that ability against them. It's a cyber war. So when you look at motive, who had the motive to do this? Cyber terrorists who want to be paid off in Bitcoin, blockchain, or cryptocurrency? Or would it be Mother Russia herself, Putin, basically saying to Biden, you gave him Patriot missiles and you're going to train him in the United States? Take this. Talking about this is the Riffin Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and a dress cut down her there. She would merengue and do the cha-cha. And while she tried to be a star, Tony always tended bar across the crowded floor. 
Uh, Copacabana. I don't know how many of you, ladies and gentlemen, have been to Rio de Janeiro, to uh, Copacabana. I'm not talking about the club in Manhattan. I'm talking about the beaches of Rio de Janeiro, the Copacabana, and, of course, Ipanema. I have guardian angels in Rio de Janeiro, and as they walk uh, along the, they call it the uh, beach volleyball lane, you will see a lot of the Brazilians, they love, they love volleyball. They consider it a national sport. And they do quite well in international competition. And they have their uh, armed guards uh, with their AK-47s guarding them because of all the robberies on the beaches. But anyway, uh, it was interesting that George Santos, who has dual citizenship, both in Brazil and uh, in the United States, under fire from almost all Republicans now. Although interesting, I believe that he will put on the sweater of Bolsonaro and claim that he is a supporter of Bolsonaro, and that's why he's catching so much flack and become a hero to the Bolsonaroites uh, uh, who are trying to stop him from being extradited back to Brazil to face charges for launching his own form of a January 16th. I, I, I put that to the side here. Uh, yesterday, MSNBC had as its lead story over and over and over a press conference that was held by the Nassau County Republicans. Uh, Peter King, uh, I thought I saw Peter King there. He has become uh, my enemy because he is a friend of... of uh, of Sid Rosenberg. We'll get into that later on. But he and all the Republicans were there behind their chairman, Cairo, with righteous indignation. How dare George Santos? How dare he? And then Cairo took to the microphones and he said, resign, resign now. He has no place in the Nassau County Republican Committee, nor should he serve in public service, nor as an elected official. He's not welcome here at Republican headquarters for meetings or at any of our events. As I said, he's disgraced the House of Representatives, and we do not consider him one of our Congress people. Today, on behalf of the Nassau County Republican Committee, I am calling for his immediate resignation. And he laughed at you. He said, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> he laughed at you. <laughs> he laughed at Congressman Peter King and the rest of them. You must resign now. Notice, after the vote for McCarthy, they needed his vote. In fact, the Republicans are saying we continue to need his vote because we have such a small margin as the majority so that we can keep the speakership. In fact, he has now joined the Republican version of the squad. You have Matt Gates. Uh, you have... Um, Lauren Boebert, and you have Marjorie Taylor Greene, never trust anybody with three names, and now you have George Santos, there's the four of them, versus the squad on the other side. You know, so each side has their own crackpots, screwballs, and extremists, and crazies. There's no doubt about it. So he's found a home within the home. He's not going anywhere. And it's interesting, as Chairman Cairo of the Republican uh, County uh, Nassau County Republicans was denouncing George Santos and telling him to resign, resign now. Uh, over in Queens, the Queens uh, GOP, Tony, the florist, who is now the chairman of the party there, said, oh, no, 
He hasn't been uh, found guilty of anything. He should stay. He gets found guilty of anything, then he should go. So now there's a battle internally, and you should know why the battle is internally. Because nobody did their job here, neither side. When George Santos first emerged and said, I am a gay Latino Jew running for the seat of Tom Swazi, nobody did any background check. You ask Cairo, did you do a background check? Uh, Nassau County GOP. Uh, no, no, that was Queen's responsibility. And at that time, uh, uh, the Queen's GOP said, no, 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 no. It wasn't our responsibility. Well, no mas, no way. Not, not our responsibility. You say to Swazi, Swazi, didn't you do uh, any kind of uh, negative research? You know, 10 cents of every dollar, they say, goes into negative research of your adversary. You can't get an answer from Swazi because he's in waiting, hoping to run for that seat if at some point George Santos is forced to step down. So in his first race, nobody did any negative research. In his second race, after doing fairly well against Swazi, you would have thought the Democrats uh, who put up this Robert Zimmerman, who's turned out to be such a, oh, such a picious, such a schmendrick, so nervous. Hey, Robert, you raised uh, over a million dollars. Did you do any negative research on him? No answers. All right, Jay Jacobs, you're the county chairman of the Democrats, right? You're also the big market state chairman. Did you do any negative research? Oh, yeah, well, well, it's the media's, the media's fault. Now they all blame the media. Well, let me stand up for the media. And in particular, one publication that I am saying right now deserves a Pulitzer Prize. I am going to nominate the North Shore leader for a Pulitzer Prize. Community newspapers, which are dying as we speak, who are the rock bread bed uh, journalism that people need to report local news, are dying because they cannot sustain themselves, and nobody gives a damn. I give a damn because I grew up with the Canarsie Courier. I used to get the Courier once a week. I couldn't wait to jump into the Courier. It had all the local news that the big tabloids and the New York Times would never come. The New York Times, they don't even have a metro section in the, uh, uh, in the uh, curbside edition any longer. But let me give tribute where tribute is to the North Shore leader. First of all, to the, uh, the publisher, Grant Lally of Lally Communications, and to the editor, Christine Loring, and to the woman who wrote the piece about George Santos, Four months before the election, four months before the election, Maureen Daly. They laid out the whole argument against George Santos in great detail, that he was a fake, phony, fraudulent fugazi. And in fact, they even talked to some Republicans who were calling George Scamtos. That was his nickname at the time. The Republicans knew this guy was a scammer was a con man. How could they not? Here's a publication that reaches, let me give you the communities that it reaches. I always called it Gold Coast uh, of Long Island. I may be incorrect, but no other weekly paper out there covers news and reaches readers in all the local towns, which include Oyster Bay Cove, Lloyd Neck, Lloyd Harbor, Laurel Hollow, Cold Spring Harbor, East Norwich, Locust Valley, Oyster Bay, Mill Neck, Glen Cove, Glenhead, Seacliff, Bayville, Central Island, Cove Neck, Laddingtown, 
and the Brookvilles and Muttontown. These are influential areas. These are areas where Republican leaders and Republican members live. And you're going to tell me that none of them saw the document that was published in great detail by the North Shore leader months before the New York Times expose. And what about all the Democrats who live in that area? None of them read the newspaper. you liars. You saw it and you did nothing with it. The Democrats thought that Zimmerman was going to be a slam dunk in winning the old Swazi seat. And the Republicans didn't want to say anything about Santos because he was gay, he was a Latino, and he was a Jew. And they said, oh, my God, if we attack him now, they'll claim we're homophobic, we hate Latinos, and that we're anti-Semitic. So let's be honest here. Stop moaning and groaning, Democrats and Republicans. All you had to do was Google. All of this information was available. But let's give credit where credit is due. How many of you out there always call media, the fourth estate, fake news? Right? Fake news. Fake news. If not for this community newspaper, we would have never learned about the con man George Santos. You want to bet that the New York Times probably got a lead? by somebody out there reading the North Shore Leader. I don't know if they gave them credit, but they should give all credit to the North Shore Leader. If you just look, four months before, four months before, they had a complete expose broken by the North Shore Leader. Four months ago, the North Shore Leader told you so. They told you in documented writing that George Santos is a fraud, a wanted criminal. They laid it all out. Shame on you, Republicans. Shame on you, Democrats. And for always blaming the media. Oh, there's oh, Zimmerman. Oh, the little piss here. The media should have done a better job. What the hell do you call an offshore leader? What the hell do you call an offshore leader? Community newspapers, they must survive. All the more reason you got to go out. You got to subscribe to your community newspapers if it's online. You got to get the hard copy, like I always used to, the Canarsie Courier. I grew up living, and the Canarsie Courier is still publishing. I still get the Canarsie Courier. That's right, online in the uh, in the edition of the hard copy when I'm in Brooklyn. Community newspapers. You know, people they laugh at me. They say you're a clutterer. You're a newspaper collector. You're damn right. Whenever I'm in a news in a neighborhood. I grab all of the newspapers in the boxes, the community newspapers, because they have stories that all the big boys and big girls don't have. And then when they break a story like this, the North Shore leader, the New York Times follows up on it months later, and they get all the attention. Hey, it was good the New York Times did this story, but let's face it. Who broke the story? Who led? And then the big boys and big girls followed the North Shore leader. So the next time I hear fake news, right? Oh, fake news, fake news. Let me tell you something. It's the fourth estate who keeps the politicians honest. I'm a politician. First time I shook a constituent's hand and I kissed the baby when I was running for mayor. I'm a politician. All these other, oh, I'm not a politician. I'm not a professional politician. Bull feathers. What they want you to do is they want these community newspapers to take their press releases and print them word for word. 
They don't want the community newspapers or any other newspaper or any other journalists or even those who have blogs, those who are out there as gadflies to do a deep dive. They want you to trust them. I'm telling you, I used to tell all the media when they were, well, well, should we trust you, Curtis? Why would you trust me? I'm a politician. You got to hold my feet and my hands to the fire. If you see an inconsistency, you have to follow up on it. That's what a free press is about. That's why neither side wants a free press. They want to control the press. They just want them to print their press releases. So the next time you hear a story about George Santos, the latest one, you'll love this. He claims, you know, that he went to the same school that Sid Rosenberg and J-Lo went to, Baruch, and that he was a NCAA champion volleyball player that led Baruch to the championship. What, with a sharpened number two pencil? <laughs> he didn't even go to Baruch. Uh, it's coming upon all of us. We need to nominate the North Shore leader for a Pulitzer Prize for great reporting in the tradition of community newspapers. It's publisher Grant Lally of Lally Communications. It's editor Christine Loring. It's managing editor and the woman responsible for this piece, Maureen Daly. This is great reporting. And we must never forget who co-busted this fraud when others knew. And you know how they knew? Cairo interviewed me. He wanted me to run for the 3rd Congressional District. I said, see you later, alligator. I'm not a carpetbagger. He wanted me to run against George Santos in a primary. Same time, Langworthy, the state chairman, who's now the congressman, who won't give up the state chairmanship. I see he's still state chairman of the Republican Party. What's up with that? He met with Andrew Giuliani. He wanted Andrew Giuliani not to run for governor in the primary against Lee Zeldin, but to run in the 3rd Congressional District and challenge George Santos. So now you know the rest of the story that nobody else will tell you. Spectacular! Now here's the Sid Wrap Up. Boy! Richie Havens, what a great song, Freedom. And it falls right in line with uh, my ongoing battle with Sid Rosenberg, the ratings leader of the morning, who uh, it's Sid Rosenberg and friends, and apparently he has no room any longer for me, the only fiend and the only foe. You know, it's sort of like uh, the addition of Barney. I love you, you love me. Richie Havens, I actually picked him up on the West Side Highway one time. Believe it or not, he was hitching with his guitar down down towards the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> oh, it's great. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, Sid Rosenberg has joined the cancel culture. I really am shocked because years ago, when he first had an opportunity to come back, resurrected from the dead in Florida... To come join Bernard McGurk, who said, I want a show of my own, but I want to do it with Sid. I always dreamed of doing a show with Sid. And I've told this story many times, and Sid has concurred. In fact, it's on his, in his book uh, that I have promoted at nauseum over and over. The only host to do that. Other hosts, oh, they mentioned it one time, and that's it. And I went out into the streets, hawked the book. I told you to steal his book. I told you to rip page 29 out, read it if you can't afford it. 
And you'll see how I barged into the offices at the old WABC of Chad Lopez, who was uh, in charge at WABC for Cumulus. He had on his uh, desk the paperwork to sign Mike Lupica to do mid-mornings to replace Geraldo Rivera. Not Bernard McGurk, not Sid Rosenberg. And the sticking point was Sid Rosenberg. Cumulus did not want Sid Rosenberg to come back from Florida to New York to join Bernard McGurk. They wanted Mike Lupica. I said, do not do this. This will be the biggest, biggest mistake. So without me doing that, Sid Rosenberg would be down getting the uh, blue plate special in Boca Raton, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and who knows what the hell he'd be doing. Probably be going to highlight matches uh, down in uh, Hollywood, Florida. But anyway, this is what he had to say this morning to his crew. Uh, now that he is slowly but ever surely joining the cancel culture against me. You've been living there for a long time. You know what I'm talking about, Louis. I am. That area you're in is uh, quite nice. Isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, now you can put some things in that you haven't had before. Like what? Like the indoor hot tub that we've been happy to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you right. Just break, you know, well, it gets a little water around, but you're used to that. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. You know, you come in from the... Beach, and you just come in and you get get in some more water. I think Eric Adams would like it if you got the indoor hot tub. Oh, here we go again. Was Curtis doing that nonsense again yesterday? Do I need to answer that question? You know, I get all these uh, text messages. Oh, shit, Curtis, he's a hero. He's a legend. Don't kick him off the show. Be nice. And I don't want to keep maligning my listening audience, but some of you, you just, you can't figure out the difference between shtick, real life, 99% 99% of what Curtis says outside of his real jealousy for the mayor, real jealousy, because he got his ass kicked, is all shtick. And almost 100% of what I say is all shtick, too. I just don't care. So I let Curtis yell and scream every afternoon, and all he wants to do is end up on this show. That's all he cares about. That's it. The more I talk about Sid, the better chances I've got on him mentioning me or putting me on in the mornings. It's really that simple, folks. If you haven't figured that out, you're not as smart as you think you are. Well, first off, Sid Rosenberg does not acknowledge to you that I've called him a metrosexual with his newfound friend, Eric Adams. They're both metrosexuals. They're both peacocks. They both wear fancy schmatas. They cost thousands of dollars. Uh, Let's face it. They have a platonic relationship. Not the physical. I'll let you know when it's physical. And uh, two of his crew members, Lou the Veteran and the new Jack, uh, Macedonian Phil, they don't want me to do the rap. They wanted to do the rap. But then again, you never you never have your own crew do the rap because they're going to kiss the host's ass. Because remember, the host could say, goodbye, I want them fired, and they're gone. You know, it's like goldmine sacks. Goodbye. So I'm at war with all three of them. And then all of a sudden, it goes back to what Sid said yesterday in which uh, – he wants to cancel. He wants to join the cancel culture. He wants only friends, sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys like Congressman Peter King and Bo Dito, who swap spit with him and tongue kiss with him. And it's never nasty when him and I are together. But is there any truth to this? Though these are messages I get that he gets really nasty, specifically around twelve forty-five. Because if it's true, then I'm going to whack him. Let him do his own show and his own weekend show. I don't need him. He doesn't need me. Well, that's true. He doesn't need me. He is the ratings leader here at WABC. He is the straw that stirs the drink. 
like Reggie Jackson said about uh, the Bronx Zoo. You remember the Yankees? He, he was the ratings leader. He was the straw that stirred the, uh, the championship uh, for the New York Yankees. But I will tell you this. I'm scheduled uh, to be on at 7.05. I notice I'm not on the schedule tomorrow. So apparently he has decided to cancel me. I will show up anyway. I will not barge in. I will not knock out Macedonian Phil. You know, I won't do any of that. But I will show up. And wait till you see what I do, ladies and gentlemen. Because all of a sudden, Sid Rosenberg is in this love fest. Everybody on his program has to love Sid. And Sid's got to love everybody on his program. He's become the Barney of talk radio. I love you. You love me. I listen with him and Peter King swapping spit, him and Bo Dietl swapping spit, him and Eric Adams swapping spit, lip-locking. Let there be at least one voice out there who's an adversary, one voice who speaks against all the sycophants, toadies, and lackeys that Sid brings on each and every week to Sid and Friends. Stay tuned. See what I do tomorrow morning. ha, 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 